Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Stibben Zhang Show. Today's episode is going to be a different episode, a special episode, because we are covering one topic only, and that is the NHL trade deadline. That happened uh, Monday, uh, just passed a few hours ago, and now we will be going over some of the trades we liked and uh, thought we were interested, as well as we're going to look at some of the winners and losers of the trade deadline. But first, roll it! Welcome back to the Stibbit Zang Show. I'm Stibbit, uh, that is Zang, and we are here for the NHL trade deadline uh, post-game analysis, we could say, in terms of hockey. Um, Eric, it was a less of a busy day compared to other NHL trade deadlines, but still nonetheless a busy day. Um, a lot of teams made some moves, some teams didn't make moves, and... Um, yeah, we're just going to go over some of the trades uh, we like. Before we do that, though, let's uh, get an understanding uh, for the viewers because some of you might have a lot of questions of the trades you guys saw, uh, things you didn't understand. One thing for certain is what you have to keep in mind with these trades is coming up next season, there is a flat cap, of course, the cap uh, due to the pandemic. The cap didn't go up. And, of course, there's going to be another NHL team next season with the Seattle Kraken. So there is a looming expansion draft coming. So that's why you see a lot of these rental players getting shipped and not uh, a hockey move. You could say like a Anthony Mantha move. That's why you saw a lot of rental players move because teams don't want to keep them on. Uh, and um, you know, because of that expansion draft coming up, they can't protect them. So, uh, nonetheless, let's hop into a rather busy day of the trade deadline uh, with our first trade. Didn't happen today. Oh, and again, I'll say again, we are not covering the Eric Stahl trade. We're not covering the Palmieri trade to the Islanders. It happened beforehand. Um, we're covering trades that happened today or yesterday. So let's move on to the first trade. Uh, one of the biggest trades in trade deadline was the David Savard uh, to Tampa Bay uh, a Blue Jackets and Tampa trade. Uh, the Jackets got a first-round pick, 2021, and a third-round pick. This was a three-way trade with the Detroit Red Wings, too, which got a fourth-round pick. Basically, uh, the Jackets and the Detroit Red Wings were paying David Savard's contract for the Tampa Bay Lightning. A lot of people are like, what the heck? How the hell is Tampa affording this? And how are the Leafs affording these players? Well, you know, a lot of teams helped them out because of those picks that they sent. So, um yeah, Eric, uh, what'd you like about this trade? Obviously, Tampa Bay bolstering their decor for another run. But before we talk, like, the thing is, Steve Eiserman, he's very tight with the, the whole Tampa organization. So he's always trying to help them out. Like, uh, Tampa helped us out, gave us Adam Ernie, like, things like that. Like, we're always doing trades with Tampa. But uh, David Savard, very solid defenseman, mm-hmm. like, very strong defenseman, very reliable offensive game. Like he, he's just like average. He's, he's, he's I don't think it matters on Tampa. It matter, but like defensively though, like if you're gonna pair him like a uh, or like you have oh, yeah. him Sergeyev, like oh that's dangerous for sure. Yeah, David Savard, uh, very well in his own zone. Like you said, not the big offensive type guy, but obviously on a team like Tampa Bay, that's not gonna matter. Uh, with guys like Stamkos and Kucherov coming back. Yeah. Kucherov, probably the biggest addition to any team on a trade deadline basis, yeah. uh, obviously on injured reserve. Um, like we said, the Jackets get a first-round pick and third-round pick. 
and the Wings get a fourth-round pick. So to simplify things, basically the Blue Jackets traded David Savard to the Detroit Red Wings, Mm -hmm. and then the Detroit Red Wings traded him to the Tampa Bay Lightning. That way, it made it possible for Detroit to retain salary and as well as the Blue Jackets. So you might ask, how is Tampa affording David Savard's contract? Well, they're not paying it. They're not paying, I think it's what, uh, 75% uh, the Jackets are retaining and the rest is the Wings, I think. I'm not 100% sure, but... Tampa's not paying it. They're looking to go for another Stanley Cup, bolstering their blue line, uh, and picking up David Savard. Up. But they always do that. Yes. They did that with Coleman last year. And it paid two. Off, so. They sent two. They gave two first-round picks last year, and they sent another. Obviously, in a, another thing people have to understand, uh, the draft, there's a lot of question marks around it this year. Uh, if it's happening, well, it is happening, sorry. Is. But there was questions around it if it was going to happen. And obviously, scouts not being able to see uh, players and prospects play right now. So, you know, a low-tier first-round pick where it's 28, 29, 30, 31, around that range. Don't think it's going to matter. David Savard, a good defenseman. Mm-hmm. I like that move uh, from Tampa, trying to go back-to-back. Uh, when we move to my second trade on my list is a hometown trade. Of course, the Montreal Canadiens acquiring defenseman John Merrill. From your Detroit Red Wings, Eric, for a fifth-round pick in 2021 and a prospect, Hayden Verbeek. I like this trade from the Montreal Canadiens. John Merrill obviously playing on a uh, terrible Detroit team, but actually has been doing quite well uh, playing defensively in his own zone, playing uh, second-pairing minutes. And this is a trade that the Canadiens really needed when Ben Sherratt went down. Their whole defensive core shattered. Players are moving around. Uh, it just didn't really click, and uh, they weren't too solid in their zone, obviously, with the uh, problems of Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie regressing a little. They needed a guy who was good in his own zone, mm-hmm. John Merrill. Just the question now is to see who's he going to play with. You know? Exactly. Because if you have John Merrill as your third-pairing defenseman, like that's really good. Because John Merrill, on, like, he was probably he was a top-four defenseman for us. He was oh, very yeah. reliable, very defensive. Like, like he's very def- defensive oriented, but he can also like put up some points there. But uh, with Vegas, who's really good there too, he, he's been in the playoffs. He, he, I guess he's a vet now. I think he's like he's an experienced guy for sure. Yeah. NHL experienced yeah. defenseman. Yeah, he can definitely replace uh, Ben Chiron. And we're also going to talk about another defenseman later. Yeah. Um. Obviously, John Merrill. For those who don't know, we can't pull out the stats right here, as you can see. But uh, he his statistics. His analytics in a defensive zone are up to par with David Savard's. And remember, Tampa yeah. gave a first-round pick. Montreal only yeah. paid a fifth-round pick. So John Merrill, very underrated player sure. uh, yeah. that got traded this year. And a great trade by Montreal when their blue line was kind of cracking and crumbling. Yeah. Um, but let's move forward here with the, oh my. the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay? <laughs> Before we get started, yeah. before we keep moving forward, I have to say something. Um, I have to give credit where credit is due. And, you know, Kyle Dubis, yeah. the guy who looks like a stats nerd, an analytics nerd, a guy who looks like he runs the numbers on his calculator every night before he goes to bed. And actually that work has actually paid off because the Toronto Maple Leafs have actually done a masterful job uh, controlling their cap situation while still acquiring um, some players like Nick Foligno. And uh, Nick Foligno coming from Columbus with – uh, Stefan no- Noensen, I forgot how to say that, but that's uh, from the Sharks. Another three-way player, a three-way team trade. 
Uh, the Jackets get a first-round pick in 2021, a fourth-round pick in 2022, and the Sharks get a fourth-round pick. This is, again, another similar trade to that David Savard trade where it's a three-way or three-team trade, and the two teams are paying the salary of Nick Foligno. The Blue Jackets are retaining his salary, and so are the Sharks. Thus, that is why they get a fourth-round pick. Nick Foligno, a captain, didn't think he was going to get traded because he is the captain mm-hmm. of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I thought it was someone management liked a lot, but obviously when you can get a return for like a first round pick, you got to take your chances. The Blue Jackets probably not, no, most definitely not making the playoffs this year. And Nick Foligno, obviously a guy you could throw in the top six for the Leafs up and down the lineup. He can play anywhere. Uh, most likely going to play in the top six, though, and that's just a great vet addition. And 100%. yeah, not not a scorer, but you know, you know what I mean. He's a yeah. he's, he's a great player. He just knows the game of hockey. Exactly. And the playoff is going to come very clutch to have Nick yeah. Like oh oh, Toronto is looking good. They have a lot. They, they are a lot of vets. Very a lot of depth. And I think I believe I saw something. It was because uh, I think his con- uh, Nick Foligno's contract is up after this year. Yeah, and I think someone say, "Oh, he might go back to Columbus. go back to Columbus." That's why I heard too. I wouldn't be the first time I saw it. Thomas Pekanic. You saw it go to went to the Leafs, signed back with Montreal the next yeah. year. I could very much see Nick Foligno. I wouldn't be surprised if he re-signed with Columbus in the offseason. Uh, he seems to really like that team and that organization. Uh, said nothing but good things about it. So that's something to look uh, look forward to if it happens or not. Um, but Nick Foligno, a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs and join another, uh, some more vets on that team like Spezza and Thornton. We'll yeah. see what they can do. Uh, as we move on here, the Boston Bruins, Eric, maybe picking up or may, may, maybe making the biggest trade on trade deadline, yeah. uh, acquiring Mike Riley from the Ottawa Senators, uh, obviously, for a, <laughs> a third-round pick. I know. Not the biggest trade, but Mike Riley going to the Bruins from Ottawa for your third round pick in 2022. Obviously, the Boston Bruins decor, Eric, has been in shambles with Charlie McAvoy and Mac Grizzlick going down. They lose chair. They lose Krug. I looked at their decor. There's a bunch of no names. I don't know who those guys are, uh, but they pick up Mike Riley, who's actually been playing pretty well in Ottawa uh, this season, considering Ottawa, one of the bottom tier teams of the league. He goes to Boston and tries to alleviate that pressure on the decor right now. Exactly. So, but Mike Riley, very like, remember when he was with Montreal Canadiens? He was pretty good for Montreal. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah. A little anecdote: we went. Remember when we went to the Washington game? He scored a goal there. Yeah, nice that's game. right. So, we we that game we went uh, where Carey Price robbed Ovechkin on yeah. that paddle save. Mike Riley scored a pretty nice goal. Um, you know, not this is a. a move that the Bruins had to make uh their decor like I said was in shambles so they pick up Mike Riley who's been uh I think playing he played with Thomas Shabbat a few times this season I think that was his main primary target so they get a guy with some sort of experience right now on that decor um and we'll see what happens in the playoffs with Mike Riley but a another Leafs trade Eric a another depth move they pick up goaltender David Riddick from the Calgary Flames for a third round pick Obviously, the goaltender situation, a lot of question marks in Toronto with uh, Frederick Anderson on in uh, while well, he's being injured. Oh, sorry, he is injured right now. Yeah. And Jack Campbell has been playing considerably better, considerably better. 11 and 0. So 11 and 0. But I like this move by Leafs again because you don't know if Jack Campbell is going to be able to keep up this pace yeah. heading into the postseason. Obviously, 
He's on a nice stretch right now. He's doing great right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs with Frederick Anderson out. But could you rely on him going into the playoffs? I don't know. We've seen it happen with Colorado where they had to use their third string um, goaltender in the playoffs. It didn't work out. Game seven didn't work out. So the Leafs trying to make sure that doesn't happen. Now they have Jack Campbell, Frederick Anderson, and David Riddick, even Michael Hutchinson, four guys you could probably throw in there. So they're just checking the boxes. Yeah. Always. Like, remember Dallas Bishop was their starter, but you know, mm-hmm. they pulled up. Like, think they, you, it's always good to have uh, go, goalie depth all the time. So, um, very good pickup. David Riddick, he's used to playing backup too. So, it's not like he, he was a starter, like, he's always been used to playing backup, very reliable. So, yeah. I think he's going to do well in Toronto. He had an opportunity uh, to fight for the number one job last year in Calgary. Uh, this season, obviously, with Jacob Markstrom signing there, yeah. he was the backup. He hasn't played that well this season. And he's going to try for a fresh start here uh, in Toronto. I wonder how many games he's going to play this season. I don't know. Yeah. Might It's not going to be a lot, but um, just a good depth move, I think, by the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Flames are also retaining his salary. Yeah, so he could fit under the Leafs. <laughs> uh, I don't know why teams are helping them out. Exactly. I don't know why teams are helping the Leafs out. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, what David Riddick gives to Toronto. The East is looking so dangerous with Toronto, Boston, Tampa, Washington. It's looking very dangerous. Yeah, but they're not in the same division, the Leafs and those other no, teams. No, so. I'm saying the East, the East. Yeah, the East in general. Yeah. As we move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, was this was a move that happened today. Uh, I think it happened yesterday. They acquired Jeff Carter from the Los Angeles Kings for a conditional third and fourth round pick. Uh, third in 2022, the fourth in 2023. Uh, the the teams have not revealed what the condition is, so I have no clue what uh, the conditions are. Um, but the Pens, the Kings are retaining 50% of Jeff Carter's salary, and the Pens add another center to their lineup with Artie Crosby and Malkin coming back. Jeff Carter most likely going to play the third-line center. Not too shabby by the Pittsburgh Penguins to have Jeff Carter as your third-line center, you know. Because the thing with Peng- the Penguins is it's hard to tell. I think every year they're just going for the cup. Like they're, they're I don't think they're ever going to go in rebuild. Uh, unless, unless not until uh, yeah, not Malkin unless Crosby. Yeah. So right now, the, every year they're just pushing for the cup. They have a good team. So with, with the addition of Jeff Carter now, it's looking good. Yeah, Pittsburgh probably headed to their last cup run, most likely, um, trying to win it all with Crosby and Malkin. I've always been a fan of going for it uh, when you have guys like that on your team. Obviously, they're not getting any younger, and so you, you got to take advantage uh, of players like Crosby and Malkin. So why not trade? It's not like they gave up a first-round pick again uh, like Jim Rutherford's used to. They gave up a conditional third and fourth. Who knows what the conditions are? Who knows what those picks can turn into? Uh, maybe it's a second. Maybe it's a first if the Pittsburgh Penguins win the cup or something. No clue. But uh, Jeff Carter, good depth move, good he, big scorer in Los Angeles throughout oh, yeah. his career. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Too. Yeah. Oh, so back in the day, oh, the two Stanley Cups, they wouldn't have won any of those without. Like, and hey, maybe Jeff Carter is also a guy you can throw onto the wing or something. If uh, maybe uh, yeah. things aren't going their their way, or they need to get up, uh, or they need to score a goal or something, you can throw Jeff Carter on Malkin's line on the wing or something. Yeah. Who knows? Very uh, versatile guy. So um, let's move. Now to the biggest uh, Bruins trade. wasn't the Mike Riley trade. The Bruins <laughs> okay. acquired Taylor Hall. They win the Taylor Hall sweepstakes. 
Ooh, uh, they get Curtis Lazar and Taylor Hall from the Buffalo Sabres for Anders Bjork and a second-round pick. Hmm. Okay, let's be honest. Do you think Taylor Hall is starting to get a little overrated here, or do you think he? he I don't he, know. I guess the Sabres think so, but uh, I, I'm kind of, I don't. I'm kind of surprised that Taylor Hall was able to go for this for Anders Bjork in a second round pick. I know he hasn't had the, uh, quite the season that people thought. Um, but just looking at some of the trades that happened today, Eric, uh, with Nick Foligno and David Savard and uh, other players going for first round picks and some players being overvalued and others being undervalued, Taylor Hall is one of those players that I feel like went undervalued. I mean, Anders Bjork is a good young player for the Boston Bruins, but hasn't really taken that next step to becoming that uh, player. And maybe that's because he's been playing on the Boston Bruins behind Patrice Bergeron, Pasternak, uh, Brad Marchand. He hasn't had that many opportunities. He'll get those opportunities in Buffalo. So it's just going to come down to uh, the Sabres. They're taking that big gamble on Anders Gork. Is it going to come true? Is it going to work out for them? Name one player that yeah. they're taking a risk on that's worked. No one, no, it's never worked. Like, yep. like even Jack Eichel, who if Jack Eichel was on any other team, he'd be an absolute superstar. <laughs> like, any, I mean, like, he still is a superstar, but yeah, he, he still is, but probably would be killing it on another team. And that's just another thing. Now, Taylor Hall, Mr. Flippity Flop, signs with Buffalo in the offseason, says he wants to spend more years in Buffalo. That says yeah. he sees a future in Buffalo. Yeah, obviously, didn't. Didn't happen. Buffalo absolutely sucked this year. They stinked, yeah. and now he said, uh, and now he says that he could see himself as a Boston Bruin in the near future. So Taylor Hall is just a flippity flop. He's going yeah. with the flow. Um, what really got me a bit ticked off, Eric, was the fact that he said he never wanted he did he didn't want to be the first option on any team. He didn't want to be the yeah. first option. I, I thought because. So, you're on New Jersey. He was the first option, and he was yes. good as the first option. So, and at one point in Edmonton, he was also the first option. Exactly. He got blamed for a lot of the uh, failures in Edmonton, and that's what shipped him out. But for him to come out and say he doesn't want to be the first option yeah. anymore, it's like it's not a good look at all. Is this because what happened in Buffalo was the Buffalo media hard on you? Were they were they antagonizing you or anything? Because for him, for me, hearing that come out of him, like there's no chance this guy could have played in Montreal. There's absolutely no chance because no no he probably would have shit his pants with all the, the, the media attention against him. If, if the Canadians were playing like they are right now with him, he definitely would have got a lot of criticism. Oh, yeah, 100%. And uh, I don't think he would be able to handle it, handle it obviously, uh, considering he said he doesn't want to, no longer wants to be the first option. And but on Boston, he's he's gonna be able to hide behind Pasternak, Marshawn. He's like the fifth option, exactly. right? He's like the fourth or fifth option right now. So, you know, can Taylor Hall return to that you know Hart Trophy season he had in New Jersey? Could he really explode there in Boston? You know, he's then a good player. He's a, he's a very yeah. good player. And then the but, Sabers are really gonna start scratching their head on this trade. But remember, at the when when he signed this one year uh, eight million, everyone was like, oh, it's a bargain when you're able. Yeah. It doesn't look like that much of a. He hasn't been very. Uh, Listen, especially with the cap. So. Yeah, what Taylor Hall needs to do is get back to his skating, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. If you want to get, if you want to look at his heart season where he dominated, it's because he was bringing. He was a power forward s player. He was bringing it to the net. He was using his feet. He was skating really well, and I don't know if it was because you know 
of the losing mentality in Buffalo and how it affects uh, your personality and how you play uh, being around that negative environment, you know, did it affect how he played? Did it affect his skating? You didn't really see it. And that's why he's had that such of a, a bad season. But if he can get really get going here in Boston, uh, then he could finally get that contract that is that he's been needing. But obviously me, uh, not a fan of Taylor all after this off season, what he decided to do. And, you know, he's made me laugh a couple of times with his decisions yeah. <laughs> and uh, the things he said, like, you know, what he said today about becoming a Bruin for years, the same thing he said about in Buffalo. It might happen, but I doubt it. I doubt it. We all doubt it. <laughs> you know, Taylor Hall is a player, you know, would I be interested in free agency anymore for a long-term deal? And nope, not anymore. No, I, not I, 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 I wouldn't pay. How much would you pay him? Right now, AAV. After this AAV. What? Like average. Send, that's uh, how much you would pay him annually for how long? How many years would you give this guy? He's a, uh, like give him four years, seven million. Okay, because ever since that heart trophy, he has been yeah, declining. Is every year, and it's just pure statistics, right? Mm-hmm. He's been declining rapidly, and he's not that same player he is in New Jersey. And I think Boston really is the last chance for him to prove that he's that player because of that loaded offense mm-hmm. and the power play opportunities he's gonna get. So it's really on Taylor Hall right now to not try and get in his own head. Jimmy Ben did though. Jimmy Ben, he won the heart too, and then he, he started going down. But his Jimmy Ben, he doesn't put up a lot of points anymore. But and he's not and he's not leadership. as good of a skater as Taylor Hall is. Exactly, Taylor Hall is a way better skater than Jamie so Ben. I don't know, like Jamie Ben, still, no one complains about Jimmy Ben, even though he's not putting up the points. But no one complains about Jamie Ben because he he plays hard. He just does plays a game like I, I don't know, and he, he he also wins a lot. So yeah. I I think maybe it's because of the Dallas market. I remember their I think it was their president or something. Yeah. I forget someone important in the organization called him and Tyler Sagan out, and then they lit but it up. You see what happened in the next two years? Made it to the I think the semifinals. Stanley Cup finals. finals. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, if Taylor Hall can do that with the Boston Bruins, then you know yeah. the net the his his haters are gonna shut up. So. That's just on Taylor Hall to to prove exactly. people wrong, or is he going to return to that player he seems to be become, becoming and was in Buffalo? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see on the Bruins. Obviously, now have loaded their team uh, with Taylor Hall as we move forward to the Montreal Canadiens acquiring another depth defenseman in Eric Gustafson, and to to the Flyers they get a seventh round pick in twenty twenty two. And Montreal finally gets that puck-moving defenseman they've been needing for so long. Eric Gustafson's de- defensive analytics are not too strong, Eric. No, yeah, not, too not very good in his own zone. Uh, this is Montreal Canadiens fans have to know this, uh, so they're not you know blinded uh, by the, the you know the sixty-point season he had exactly. in Chicago. This is a guy who's not really good defensively in his own zone, but he is a power play specialist and he's a puck-moving defenseman. Mm-hmm. Now, on paper, people are saying that. Eric Gustafson should play with Shea Weber. And on paper, that should look good. That should work on paper, right? You got a guy like Shea Weber who's, who's, you know, who used to be, I guess you could say, uh, really one of the strongest defenders in front of his own net, one of the strongest defenders when it came to checking uh, defensively in their own zone, just basically in the corners, just pressure on the opposing uh, players that made it really hard for people to score. And now, you know, he's kind of lost that part of that game. And now you have Eric Gustafson playing alongside him. I don't know if those two are the right match together. I know a lot of Habs fans think on paper it works because, you know, Shea Weber doesn't move the puck. Eric Gustafson moves the puck. Moves the puck it's yeah. typically what you want. Typically what Shea Weber – no, sorry. It's what Shea Weber needed. 
but um, Bruce I don't Ryan, know. If you want I mean, they could try it out. But if someone's not reliable on on defense, and you're gonna throw them on the first line, like that's that's kind of. Because Shea Weber has not been reliable on defense this year, exactly. and I guess you know maybe I we we've talked about that situation with Shea Weber. You know, is age catching up to him, or is he uh, playing injured? I don't know, but something is happening to this guy this season. His time on ice has drastically gone down. Um, if you look at the career minutes he logs, um, sorry, it has dramatically got down. It's like 22 minutes around a game now. So his time on ice has gone down, and it's just up to Ducharme now on how he wants to deploy Eric Gustafson. You know, maybe try him out with Weber, see how he plays that game. He'll get power play time, Eric Gustafson. So it's a good move by Bergevin. Uh, him and Merrill, great depth pieces. Because, you know, if you look at some of the Stanley Cup winners over the years, they've deployed over nine defensemen in the Stanley Cup play, uh, playoffs, Eric. You know, you, like the classic saying says, you can never have too many defensemen. And that is a true uh, saying, right? So another death pickup uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. So let's you move. Can't forget, it was a seventh round. Uh, yes. Oh, of course. And uh, Flyers, I think, are retaining the contract. So obviously, the, Alain Vignon had zero trust in this guy, clearly. So they're shipping him to Montreal. Uh, he'll get another opportunity here. And well, I, I hopefully. Just wanna, I just want to go back to remember the article you wrote? Yeah. Do you, do you still think Bergeron did enough, or do you think. He made these trades. Do you think he made enough trade deadline? Yeah. Do I think the Montreal Canadiens? Yes. Bergevin is going to try and hide it. What what do you think happened at this trade? Listen, he he didn't get the Matthias Ekholm guy because you know Nashville came back. Uh, He didn't get that David Savard type, and and that's fine. John Merrill is someone I like a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And you got to remember Ben Sherrod is going to come back. Okay, so you're going to have question marks on uh, you know with Kulak and Romanov and. Uh, where they're where they're gonna play, and so I like John Merrill. He's good in his own zone, uh, and that's what we've been needing defensively is someone who's good in their own zone because they haven't been quite good in their own zone. And Eric Gustafson's a guy on the power play who's been really good uh, over his career, and that's what we've been needing on the power play. Uh, someone who could score, someone who can have a heavy shot alongside Weber. I just hope that they could utilize that because even with Shea Weber's shot, it seems like the puck doesn't get to, uh, sorry, the puck doesn't get to him and their power play. You would think on paper with all those guys, you would think their power play would be successful, but it isn't. So hopefully, hopefully with the addition of Eric Gustafson, the power play changes uh, and hopefully it doesn't stay the same. What I really would have liked is for Bergeron to make a trade for a scoring winger, but do you also, if you make a trade for a scoring winger, does that prevent Cole Caulfield from coming up? Maybe, you know, because you have to get Cole Caulfield under the cap uh, and, you know, he's got to be on the roster. So does trading for a scoring winger stop that? Yeah, potentially. So maybe that's why Bergman didn't de- uh, do it. Also, Bergman's also banking on the fact that he has Gallagher, Armia, um, all those players on injured reserve right now, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, who are injured basically that to come back, right? Mm-hmm. So he's ban- most likely the Leafs and Montreal Canadiens are going to play in the first round. Okay, so Bergevin is just banking on that team healthy to beat the Leafs, which I don't really like, and I think that's what he's he did because um, he didn't want to part ways with any first round pick or any prospects or anything like that. So you know, there's going to be you know if Montreal Canadiens get bounced by the Toronto Maple Leafs in five games or four games or something like that, then the se- season is going to be a complete failure. And a lot of people are going to point fingers at Mark Bergevin. Uh, let me tell you. And so, 
that's what I'm thinking. If I'm looking at Bergman through his perspective, yeah. I'm like, if we lose to the Leafs, this could cost me my job, right? Yeah, yeah. This could cost me my this could cost me my job. But there's so many good teams in the East, so you can't really blame it on Bergman. But because he he made the trades, he got the he got the vets, he he got the depth. Like, what else do you want him to do? Like, he he's not the like. Listen. He's been drafting well. Like, what yes, he got no way. He got the players in offseason, right? Right. Like a lot of people liked his moves, but the Montreal Canadiens have been so disappointing this season that fans expect Bergevin to make a move and try and fix it. Because that team right now, with the players we have, is not going to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm sorry, but they're not. Uh, with the additions the Leafs made, everyone, well, the Leafs majorly got better in the North Division. The Edmonton Oilers didn't really make a move. The Calgary Flames didn't make a move. The Canadians, you know, added depth pieces to their decor. Uh, who I'm interested in. The Jets didn't strike on their top four defensemen. So really, this is the Leafs to lose, to come out of the North Division, right? As that Canadian team, that's theirs to lose, I, I personally believe. Because yeah. they made the most moves. Kyle Dubas was one of the busiest GMs in the league. So, you know, you're watching teams get better. Teams in your division, you're watching them get better. And you don't. You know, I know you don't have an Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner. I was about to say, yeah. You know, but you have a deep team. But mm-hmm. could you have made it better and deeper? Could you have, you know, there's so many players on this team yeah. that don't score. Lekkanen, yeah. Drouin, Paul Byron, Deneau. There's too but many they, of those guys should, that don't they score. score. They could score, yeah. though. But I'm saying though, there's too many of those guys on the yeah. team right now that don't score. Exactly. Too many. And you don't want to keep adding, like, you don't want to add guys that yeah. don't score. You want to add yeah. scorers. Exactly. And so, you know, Cole Caulfield is going to come up, but you don't want to give, you don't want to put all that pressure on the kid right now. But don't right? forget with Cole Caulfield, I think they're not going to play him more than nine games because uh, there's something. They signed him. They signed, yeah, but they signed him. Because no, there's something where they can't say, if, if you play more than nine games, you'll be eligible for the Seattle Kraken. So there's something. Oh, okay. So they might not play more than nine. But games. is it is it literally the f- if first year? No, 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 no. I think you're wrong. I think if you sign an entry level contract, you're, you're untouched. I think you're untouchable. I don't know because I remember with Zadina and all those players, we all we we could only play them nine games. I don't know what it was. No, nine games is so you don't burn through your first year of the contract. Okay, maybe, maybe. It, it I'm pretty like sure that. Cole Caulfield's untouchable for the Kraken. Okay, maybe, maybe. So but, I wouldn't really worry about too much. But like I said, yeah, uh, let's move on from the Canadians because you know this is a trade deadline episode, yeah. so we don't want to yeah. allocate yeah. too much time. Well, but we got to move on. Yeah. Uh, where the Florida Panthers, Eric. They got Sam Bennett from the Calgary Flames uh, for Emil Heineman and a second round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. This is a bit of a strange trade, I would say, for the Florida Panthers. They get a guy like Sam Bennett, obviously, who was selected fourth overall. Fourth overall. Fourth or the highest pick. Yes. He's still young. He is still young, but obviously has not been that player uh, the Flames hoped he'd be. And I personally believe he's a bottom six forward in this league. I personally believe he's a bottom six forward. And I really hope, no, no, sorry. It seems like the Panthers don't see eye to eye with me. No, I think they believe he's a top, he's a bottom six. It's because Sam Bennett, the way he's been playing with Calgary is like, when he got drafted, he was supposed to be that skillful player. You don't draft like a bottom six player, but. No, of course of those... they expected him to be their franchise no, no, player. I know, I know, but now he's just been that Grammy player. 
he mm-hmm. hits. Like, he gets block shot very good defensively. He's become that player. And I don't think Florida was trading him expecting he's going to be that fourth overall pick. I think they just wanted depth here, you know? Because As long as Florida understands that and Sam Bennett understands that, yeah. then it's going to be okay. Because that's one of the problems. Does Sam Bennett think... Does Sam Bennett know he's a bottom six forward or does he still think he's that guy, right? No. It's important for him to know his role on this team. That's, that's another big thing he needs to understand because if he doesn't know it, there's going to be problems. He needs to understand his role so he can do his best to do that role, okay? And that's what the Panthers are going to want from him. Sure, he plays a third and fourth line and maybe that's where the Panthers deploy him. But to trade a guy like Emil Heinemann who was playing for Team Sweden at the Worlds yeah. uh, Juniors and a second round pick... You know, they're, I wouldn't say they're taking a big gamble on Sam Bennett because Emil Heineman's not a huge top prospect. Yeah. But, you know. I'll be honest, I've given up on I, I, I've given up. I've on given Sam up Bennett. on Sam Bennett. I have given a up on him. Yeah. long time. I have, yeah. I have two. I have two. He's no longer that same player. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, maybe the Florida Panthers, they're thinking he could potentially be that top player. Maybe if they play him with a Barkov or Huberto. I don't know. But uh, it, what, the bottom line is, like I said, Sam Bennett needs to understand his role for this to be a successful trade. Because if he doesn't, then there's going to be a lot of a lot of hot water and uh, a lot of problems surrounding that player. Yeah. And let's move to the biggest trade probably of trade deadline, Eric. Yeah. The Washington Capitals make a splash. Uh, last minute trade too, where they acquire Anthony Mantha from the Detroit Red Wings, uh, and they give up Jacob Verana, Richard Panic, a first-round pick in this year's draft, and a second-round pick in next year's draft. Eric, you're a big Red Wings fan. What's your take on this? Yeah. It's your jersey on, by the way. Remember the one you got? The one I bought you for Christmas. Yeah. No big deal. What did I get for Christmas? $20 bill. It's okay, though. We won't talk about it. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> what did you buy with that $20 bill? How I have no clue. That? What? You I have no clue it. what I bought for that 20 But it was a thought that counted. Um, oh, exactly. The $20, it was meaningful. Okay. I what think the shirt's a bit more meaningful, but, yes, it is, I but you can make the argument for the $20 yeah, bill. For that. <laughs> yeah, How what do you think, Anthony Mantha? Who cares? I don't care. <laughs> what do you think about no, Anthony Mantha? No, you look like you still care. If you bring it up, I don't like, care. Like, okay, move on. Okay. Mantha... First of all, I fuck I fucking love Manta. Okay. Manta, I'm telling you, this guy, he could be a 40 goal scorer. He basically is a 40 goal scorer because he's always been injured with us. This I'm, this guy, his ceiling, I would don't quote me here if you want. He could get 45, 50 goals in a season like later on. I'm telling you, he has bias. that. Yes. Okay, well, let's remember he's a big Red Wings fan, so let's mind the bias oh. and put a little don't, salt don't on forget, that. If you look at this guy's statistics, like goals per game. He was on pace for like 40 goals almost like a couple like this guy like Mantha is he's a pure goal scorer. He scored 50 in in, in the uh when he played in the queue. Like he was drafted as a score. He, this guy's 6-5, super strong. He's not that good defensively. He's got the hands. He's got he's got the size like I'm telling you, Mantha is crazy. I know I'm I'm getting a little hyped here, but I really love Mantha. I think he's going to fit so well on that team with Capitals. I'm excited to see him on a winning team cuz I love Mantha. So I want to see him win. I want to see him happy. And I think he's going to do big. I, I think, to be honest, I think he's better than Verona. But I'm, I'm very happy with the trade. We got yeah, well, tell us about pick. the return. What do, you, what, do you, what do you like about the return? Yeah, I got a, We got a first-round pick out of it. It's probably going to be a late first-round pick. But it doesn't matter. It's a first-round pick. 
um, a second rounder. Okay, we'll yep. take it. And we get Jacob Verano, who is he? I think he's either the same age as Mantha or one year younger. He's really Verano. good too, though. Don't forget this guy. I'm pretty sure this guy. Two time twenty goal scorer. He had twenty four goals, and then the next year he scored twenty five. Didn't he? Didn't he have like last year? He got fifty points in like six. Something like games, that. Some, some like very efficient player. He, he was on that that uh, that that team that won the cup too. I think he only put up like eight points, but still, this guy has won a cup. He's got the experience. He's young. Like I really, I've always re- like a couple of times you see Jacob Brown in fantasy. You might you might pick him up. Like he looks like he has potential. Like, I really like Jacob Brown as a player. Uh, Richard Panic. Like, okay. that, like, that is strictly a cap thing. Yeah, exactly. He's, so let me let me break this down. The Washington Capitals, they they get a guy in Anthony Mantha, who I think has been inconsistent his whole career. Obviously, Eric Eric saying he has that potential, and sure he does have that potential, but he has been inconsistent. There's no denying that, and that's maybe because you know with the supporting cast on the Detroit Red Wings, that could be a factor too, or maybe it's just Anthony Mantha hasn't found his stride yet in the NHL, but. Let's get one thing straight. This player is for sure inconsistent, as we see in Detroit. Not saying that continues in Washington, but he has. Detroit Red Wings, they get Jacob Verana, who I really like, right? Who, who is playing alongside Nick Backstrom. Uh, like I said, he scored 24 uh, goals, 25 goals. Um, you know, he had that 50-whatever point season last year. He's another good young player. Obviously not probably not as good as Anthony Mantha, but for the return alongside a first and second round pick, the, the Detroit Red Wings could very much look like the w- winners in this trade, right? The Richard Panic thing, that was, I think, uh, a cap situation thing for the Washington yeah, Capitals. Yeah, yeah. Richard Panic is making $2.75 million, uh, and he, his contract ends in 2022-2023. So I think uh, the Washington Capitals probably tied up cap. Didn't want to retain that salary for, for the next season. So they want to trade it away. And Jacob Verana also is in RFA next season. So who knows what the money he could have had. Uh, I guess the Capitals are just taking a chance on Anthony Mantha, who is, has a contract of $5.7 million AAV. And he signed through 2023 to 2024. So Anthony Mantha, you have on the books. Jacob Verana, you didn't know what, what was going to happen, arbitration, all that. The, the Washington Capitals, they don't want to spend too much money uh, on the next big contract that's coming up, which was Jacob Rana, because they just signed Backstrom. They're probably up against the cap. So, you know, do I like this trade for Detroit Red Wings? Yes. Do I like this trade from the Washington Capitals? I don't know if I'm sold on it right away. I don't know if the Washington Capitals uh, got all their needs that they needed uh, in this t- trade deadline, right? I would have liked them to make a trade for a veteran goaltender, right? Can Ilya Samsonov and I forget the backup Vanishek. starts with a V Vanishek. You know, you have two inexperienced guys heading into the Stanley Cup players. Yeah. Can those, you know, you, you might look at me and be like, well, that doesn't matter, but it kind of does. Yeah, Experience does matter, does matter in, in the NHL playoffs. I would have liked to see them pick up a veteran goaltender. I also would have liked them to pick, see uh, pick up a center, right? Um, you know, as we saw uh, with Nick Backstrom, he got injured. Uh, I forget. I think it was last year. I forget when. Um, but they didn't really have anyone who could replace him. And I would have liked them to get a center help. You know, they get that winger to replace Jacob Verana, basically. And now it's just up to Anthony Manta to really like pop off here to to prove that Washington won this trade. Oh, but I'm I, telling you, Manta is going to go off. Bro. I'm telling you. I'm calling. Right we'll now. see. But I still think. I don't know about this trade. Bit weird. It's it's a big splash. They want Anthony Manta, but for what they gave up, 
you know, and the needs that they also needed. I don't know if they got better than the other teams in the East, like the Islanders and um, the Penguins, you know, those teams are getting better. I don't know if Washington uh, checked their needs like the other teams did. So, you know, you can't forget Manta. He's six, five. He's this guy's humongous. He's a power forward. Oh yeah, of course. He's He's a a power forward. I'm telling you, call me on this. I don't care. He's he's better than than Patrick. He's a better power power forward than Patrick. I don't care. I'm telling you, his potential okay. is way higher than Pacioretty's. Sure, his potential is way higher, but right now he's not better player than Max Pacioretty. I don't know. I mean, Max Pacioretty like on Vegas right now is killing. I know, I know, he I know. Is killing it. No, it's just because I've seen Mantha play at his peak against Montreal. You ever seen this guy against Montreal? He always goes off against Montreal. He's got the dangles like Mantha is. Oh my god, I love Mantha so much. He's a Montreal kid too. So listen. You want to compare him to Max Pacioretty, then you want to talk about consistency. Because Max Pacioretty has been everything, uh, but, uh, sorry, he is consistent. He has been everything of consistency during his tenure in Montreal. 30-goal scorer, bona fide 30-goal scorer, right? Anthony Matha is not that player yet. Will he be in Washington? Hopefully. I hope so. Because I can see him totally pop, like you said, totally pop off in Washington on that power play. Uh, You know, they would, respecting Ovechkin's shot, could that give some room for for Mantha to really rip some? We'll it's see. It's so weird seeing him in a different jersey. I'll be oh, uh, I think it's gonna be you weird. Because I've been for a lot of this, players. Like I've been following like uh, Mantha for so long since he joined the. Well, you don't think it was weird to see Max Pacioretty in a Vegas jersey? <laughs> like, I, know, I know, I know. But like, because Mantha, I've been following. You watch these YouTube videos. Oh, Mantha! Like, oh, I love. Oh, I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss him. So. Besides that, that was basically the big trades, I think, yeah. uh, happened on trade deadline. Like I said, we didn't talk about Eric Stahl and, the, you know, Paul Mary and Zajac. Well, we could, to, we could uh, talk about the – didn't Victor Mete get traded? Did, no, Victor Mete got claimed off waivers claimed by the off. Ottawa Senators. Obviously, uh, Victor Mete didn't work out in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, Defensively-wise, he had a poor season this year, I think. And, um, you know, just uh, – I don't think there was a future for him here. No. So I think that's why, you know, give him another, I'm glad they gave him another chance. I thought they should have traded him early on in the season, but obviously we needed him and Bergevin was right about the injury bug in Montreal. But now with John Merrill and um, Gustafson. Was it Gustafson on their way, there is really no need for Victor Mete. So exactly. give him a new fresh uh, team. He's going to get playing time in Ottawa. He's going to get all the playing time he needs. Exactly. So we're really going to see uh, Victor Mete's potential uh, and, you know, how big is it or were we right about the Victor yeah. Mete of Montreal? We'll see. And that was basically all the trades I think that yeah. you know were interesting or the biggest trades. Obviously, there's some minor trades that have that have to do with cap situations. Teams, you know, re- needing to relieve cap, they trade away players, trade away picks. We're not going to cover those. Those are the boring trades. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Vegas Matthias Yanmark trade uh, and the Avs Carl Soderberg. Great pickups for those teams uh, trying to go on Stanley Cup runs. Uh, but now it's time to look at the winners and losers of the trade deadline, Eric. I don't know if you can have your own list. So far, I have my own losers and winners. And I'll start with the winners, Eric. Why not start on a positive note? Here are my win- uh, winners. I have three winners, three big ones that came out on top. And for one, uh, the number one is the Boston Bruins. Obviously, picking up Taylor Hall for Andrews Bjork in a second-round pick is a huge win for them because, you know, Taylor Hall, he's either going to blow up, like Taylor Hall blow up, like Hart Memorial blow up, or he's going to stick to the Taylor Hall he is this season, which is still not the worst, uh, considering what you gave up. 
Second, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning. They pick up David Savard. Obviously, a team like that going for their second Stanley Cup and, and you know, picking up a good piece like David Savard for their decor. There's no losses there. I don't care if they gave up a first-round pick. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a low. They don't care about that first-round exactly. pick. Don't so don't worry about that. Uh, and third, I hate to say it. I really hate to say it, but the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. are definitely a winner of this year's trade deadline. For them to be able to magically get all these players and stay under the cap. They have, mass, like I said, masterfully controlled the cap situation while still adding key pieces to their team. They're, are, they're the best team in the North Division now, I have to admit it. Yeah. And they have significantly gotten better. And like I said, the, the North is theirs to lose. It is theirs okay. to lose to come out. I'm not saying that I'm giving up on Montreal, but I just don't think Montreal added enough to keep pace with this team especially the stardom that the team is blessed with Austin Matthews and Marner and Tavares. Those guys always love to pop off against Montreal and, you know, not saying that the playoff series is going to be like a sweep. I think it's going to be a battle. I just hope that, you know, it's not five or we get swept. I hope it's a battle because we are still a very deep team and yeah. So I hope we can go and head to head and at least pull our own weight against the Toronto Maple Leafs for my losers of this deadline, Eric. My number one loser, I think, is the biggest loser are the Carolina Hurricanes. The Carolina Hurricanes, Eric, didn't make any trades. Didn't make any trades. They gave up Hayden Fleury. Um, and that's basically it. Yeah. In a, in, a, in a division that's, you know, with Tampa Bay, uh, they got significantly better. You have to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. You have to beat them to win the Stanley Cup. And on paper, the Tampa Bay Lightning are better than the Carolina Hurricanes. Not saying that the Carolina Hurricanes can't beat the Tampa Bay Lightning because they're still one of the best teams in the league. But I would have loved to see them add a a, a big player or something to help on that cup run Uh, because they still have holes. And, um, you know, maybe I would have liked to see James Reimer uh, uh, get traded. Uh, They could have added someone. Exactly. But nothing wrong with running with three goaltenders like the Leafs are trying to do. But maybe up front, I could have wanted. Uh, I wanted to see someone, just just someone that you know, a big name or something. You know, that definitely. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Going to the Carolina Hurricanes, they're going for a playoff run, but nothing. So that's why they're a loser for me. Second, I had the Winnipeg Jets. Didn't get their top four defense, but I don't know why. I guess teams were asking for too much, but. You know, you get a guy like John Merrill for a fifth round pick. There are guys out there exactly. that the Winnipeg Jets could have got. That could have really helped their blue line. Instead, they got Jordy Ben for a six-round pick. Jordy Ben, nothing special. Third yeah. D pairing doesn't really help their situation. So, I don't know. That's really they were one D. Okay, sorry, they're t- two defensemen away, two mid-tier defensemen away from a Stanley Cup contending team. Yeah. They're not that anymore. And third, I say Washington okay. on my team. Uh-huh. I think that Anthony Mantha trade, as good as Anthony Mantha is, I don't think they answered their their needs. And I think they just they gave up a lot to get Anthony Matha, specifically Jacob Verana. I think they could have rode with Jacob Verana and re-signed him, but instead they want Anthony Matha. Didn't yeah, like I said, not didn't really fix their needs. Other teams in their division getting better. Other teams in their division fix their needs, let me tell you. Exactly. And fourth, I had the Sabres, just basically the return off haul. Yeah. I don't think they got enough. Yeah. And fifth, I put Montreal. Though I like their death pieces, I hope they could add a scoring winger like a Mike Hoffman I would have liked, but you know, we'll see uh, what Cole Caulfield can do in, in replace. So that, those are my winners and losers of trade deadline. So on my paper that I wrote like in the last 
two minutes. Two seconds? Two, three yeah, minutes? Yeah, exactly. So my, my three winners I have, one that I actually think is very underrated is Columbus. How many picks oh, they true. get out of this? They, they got true. They trade Davis. Sell, Mark. sell, sell. Yeah, they trade uh, Nick, Nick Foligno, and he might come back. So, you know, might not even be a loss. We'll um, so pretty straightforward. Um, the second, you have you have Montreal on the loop. I actually have Montreal as a winner. As a winner. Exactly. Okay. I wouldn't put them as a winner, but that oh, is your opinion. I think they're a winner. I think um, they – they because the real thing was – uh, what they really needed was defense, right? Because they have the depth on offense. Man, they need but, a lot. <laughs> well, because you, if, if you're asking for like a superstar, yes, yes, defensively they need help. Yeah, but for they, sure, they they weren't able to get they they were never getting a superstar on, on offense. Like it was impossible. No, I knew that. So like the only thing you can do like that's basically the only move that they could have done. They and they only gave up a seventh for uh, Gustafson and like some what was it a fourth round pick for a. Uh, Merrill, uh, John Merrill, a fifth round yeah. pick, yeah, fifth and a prospect, pick, so like, but yeah, exactly. So is is nothing. So I, I think they're a winner. I'll be honest. I'll make a statement right now. I am actually going to be a Mont- like for the first time in my life. I'm probably going to be a Montreal fan. I th- this for this uh, playoff run if they make the playoffs. For the first time, usually I hate the Montreal Canadiens. I always want why because you're a big John Merrill fan. <laughs> I love I love I just love the team. I've always like Eric Stoll. Always like I just love the team. I really like the team. I think it's very well constructed. And I don't know. I'm from Montreal, but <laughs> so who are your losers? <laughs> so um, my losers, I just put Winnipeg there. I think they the the, the clear losers. Yeah. Also, I hope Jake watches this video just so he knows that Winnipeg that they missed out. Yeah. And that the Jets really are a loser. The only loser I have Winnipeg. The Winnipeg yeah. Jets. All right, one team loser. I like that too. I I don't I don't mind a list that just has the Jets on them as losers. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not gonna argue against that. But uh, that's gonna do it for us uh, on this week's episode of the Stephen Zang Show, where we covered the NHL trade deadline, where teams were looking to bolster their clubs, pushing for Stanley Cup aspirations. Time will only tell Eric how these trades fold for their teams, and uh, it's gonna be an interesting Stanley Cup play. It's gonna be a fun one. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to next week's episode two of the Stephen Zang Show. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. As always, peace out. We'll see you later.